Hi, thanks for tuning into the Bacon Wire podcast. On today's episode, we're joined by Maddie May, Carter Landis, and Carter's dad, David Landis. We talked about a whole bunch of stuff, including all the news we missed when we were off last week, the spring game, and more. It really goes off the rails for a little bit there, but it's fun. We also do an NFL draft preview at the end, so make sure to stay tuned for that. Anyway, here's Spartan Dog 97. Thanks, Spartan Dog 97. When I'm not when I'm not following along on Twitter to MSU spring football practice event of the Century Toyotathon presented by Rocket Mortgage, I'm Spartan Dog 97. Here with Lucas, joining us today, Carter Landis, Maddie May, fellas. What's crack a lacking? Not a whole lot. Waiting for this, you know, semester to be over. We're almost done. Um, not much of well, anything else, though. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm sunburnt as hell, but I'm having a great summer. Watched a great spring game practice, and I'm uh, I'm so excited to watch more transfers. Uh, leave and more transfers come in. I just, I'm itching for transfer news. Every, I just keep refreshing every, every minute. If I have a good analogy for this, uh, if, if regular recruiting is cocaine, right. Um, it's often very expensive, but it's a more sustained high, um, transfer portal recruit transfer portal watching is like crack. It's like whippets. Yeah, that's even better. It's like whippets. It's just like it, two it, seconds of like, oh shit. It's two seconds and it makes you dumb as hell. And it's awesome. I'm having a great time. Every time I see a transfer, I celebrate. I do a fist pump. I explain to all my non-MSU friends and they hate me more and more for it. It's great. Lucas, you might be the, Lucas and Matt, you guys might know what I'm talking about. But have you guys ever seen that picture of Steve-O? where he's like huddled over all like all those empty whippet canisters. Yeah. yeah. That's like crappy. This I'm, I'm sending up the crappy Photoshop or bat signal. Uh, I need like Sparty's head Photoshopped over Stevo's and then like the whippet canisters. I, uh, I need like caption transfers like over the pile <laughs> of whippet canisters. We'll see what we can do. Yeah, well, crappy, crappy's a listener, so we'll get it. We'll get it eventually. So, speaking of transfers, uh, we were off last week. Uh, we were both busy, like yeah, uh, as Lucas's favorite movie says, "Life uh, finds a way." Mm. Yeah, uh, Austin Powers. <laughs> yeah, I, I believe I believe Robert Pattinson said that in Tenet. Uh, <laughs> coming to HBO Max Saturday. So uh, I was, I was gonna say, was that on the father? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you guys had you had finals. I have a final tomorrow. I'm not studying for it, and uh, uh, I'm knee deep in a kitchen renovation. So that's why we didn't really do anything last week. Been a load of fun. <laughs> yeah. So, so one quick thing about the Oscars before we talk, we'll go old business then new business. Uh, <laughs> The I said this last night, Sav, Sav said I took an L, but I don't think he understand what I meant, so I'm going to expand on it real quick. The Oscars fucking rules, not because like it's a good award show that makes sense and is consistent with history and awards people for the right things at the right times, 
the Oscars fucking rules because it does shit like last night where mm-hmm. they do best where they do best actor is the last award thinking that Chadwick Boseman is going to win it and then, and then when Anthony Hopkins wins for what I'm sure is a wonderful performance in the father I mean I phenomenal performance I have Lucas have you seen it like it's yeah. it, so I, it made ahead, it made Luke cry that's what you said I didn't cry but <laughs> well yeah I did I did choke up I mean you know, he's 83 and it's like, it's re- like, I thought Chadwick Boseman was my favorite to win for uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom because he had such a great, he was, he was the front runner. But then when we watched The Father, I was just like, it's 90 minutes and I was just like stuck watching him. And that type of, if you get that type of attention span from me where, like, you know, where I don't look at my phone at all, I think you deserve an Oscar for getting my attention that long. And um, yeah, it's it, it, once it comes on streaming, I wouldn't recommend a repeat view because it's kind of a bummer, but it is a good enough movie to watch it just for his performance. And yeah, the it was, I'll let you keep going about last night. But to have best actor be the final award of the night, thinking it's going to be like this <laughs> crowning, right. this crowning achievement on the, on the Memorial Chadwick Boseman tour. Well, how, we all thought it. We the whole Twitter was like, "Oh my god!" Well, Steven Soderbergh, who was the creative director for the for an executive producer of this year's Oscars, obviously thought it too, yeah. because I don't think he would have. I don't think he would have fucked with the format at all if he had if he had any inkling that anyone other than Chadwick Boseman was going to win Best Actor. Right. So to do the final award of the night, go to Anthony Hopkins and. I'll take your word for it, Lucas, a, a tremendous performance in The Father. And to have him be a straight-up no-show and then just <laughs> show his picture and have the award show end, fucking rules. <laughs> he just handed them a picture and was like, all right, see ya. That, that's, fucking, bed. <laughs> that's fucking awesome. King, he's a king. King shit. That is dude, that's dude's rock. I mean, just straight up. Dude's fucking rock. He just wakes up at like, oh, checks his phone. Oh, all right, cool. <laughs> That's got to be great to, to just have that feeling. Like you just submit a headshot and are like, eh, if I win, I win. Fuck it. Who cares? I'm not going to that shit. I, I watch the Oscars for the fuck ups. Like the infamous John Travolta when he's trying to introduce Adina Menzel for uh, Let It Go when they sing it live. Oh, and he we've all seen it. Watches her name, ladies and gentlemen, the fantastically talented Adele Zim. I don't even know how we got that from Indina and Manzel. That is that's and, unbelievable. Well, what about Brad, the it, Moonlight and uh, La La Land? That's oh an yeah, timer grew up. And Brad Pitt last night. Um, her name is pretty hard to. It's like Yu Jung Yang, but he's like Jun Jung Yang. Like they're drunk. I think you got it, Chief. Yeah, they're drunk. They're like. They're like 20 beers deep in there. Well, and then Glenn Close twerked basically. And uh, that I think that make any drunk man sober. I mean, Pixar, not, Pixar mom dump truck. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? I'm not hating on Glenn Close at all. but like, I, I am hating on Hillbilly Elegy. Hillbilly Elegy oh, is white wing bullshit trap. I couldn't finish it. I fucking hated it. I couldn't finish I, it. I it was very okay. I wouldn't wipe my ass with the script of that movie. Ron my my chunky white ass <laughs> deserves better oh, yeah. 
than the script to Ron Howard's Hillbilly Elegy. That's that's fair. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to lie. I actually missed the Oscars last night, so I can't. So did I. Too much, but it sounds like it went well. And uh, I, I, I have a pool. I, I have a bet with Cassie every year. And uh, I, I've, I think I don't think I've ever. I think I'm undefeated and never lost. And I'm not going to say that too loud. And um, last night when Frances McDormand won for No Medland, she ripped up the ballot. She's like, "You win." And we made a bet where I have to watch. If I lost, I'd have to watch. Um, I forget what movie, but the one I picked for her to watch was Transformers: The Last Night. <laughs> <laughs> featuring new second oscar winner anthony hopkins two-time wow. oscar winner anthony hopkins and oscar nominee mark Wahlberg. isn't that the one where they have merlin he's merlin in it no no that's mark, Wal- two- mark Wahlberg's a descendant of king arthur that's what it is <laughs> the tucci like, man the transformers were at the round table <laughs> the tucci man was a ki- the tucci man was merlin Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, they, they really just tried to shoehorn the Transformers into a lot of things. So, I mean, it's it, like putting the Transformers at King Arthur's round table is is like if Dale Nor- Dale Earnhardt was literally at Normandy B. <laughs> that's a, that's <laughs> an all timer. Uh, a Transformer, a Decepticon was the one who assassinated JFK. That's why they can't. That our scream city. Give, give it forty years, and <laughs> give it forty years, and Megatron's going to be storming the Capitol. Star screams the one who crashed into the North Tower. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God! But like the only other thing I'm going to say is I, I watched No Man Land, and I don't think that deserved to win Best Picture. It is. It, what won Best Picture? No Mad Land. Exactly. What won Best Picture? I don't watch movies anymore. It's it's on Hulu. If you want to see Frances McDormand just kind of wandering around and she poops into a bucket, you get uh, to see her bush. You see her bush too. You get full bush. If you want, if you want that, watch it. But otherwise, like I want to, I want to hang myself after I watch it. Not gonna lie, it's just sitting there, dark music. It's, it's a sign of good cinema. Happy for Chloe Zhao to win, like first woman of first person, first woman of color to win best director. But that's about it from that movie. Other, yeah, second woman behind Catherine Bigelow for for uh, propaganda. talking oscars for yeah that's that's talking oscars all right old business um you know i try hard not to be a dick to to players both current and former within the msu basketball program i really do and but for some reason about two weeks ago the first thing that popped into my head, I'm not going to say his name, but when I saw a former player was transferring, entering the transfer portal, um, the first thing that popped into my head was uh, Ding Dong the Witch is Dead from Wizard of Oz. Uh, that <laughs> uh, So I don't know why. But um, Foster Lawyer is also in the transfer portal. Um, oh, wow. This is old business. So much has happened since that. It feels like that happened years ago. I know. Yeah, it is old business. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, keep it, we'll keep it short, sweet, and to the point. 
Um, Foster, you know, I just want Foster. I've said that I just want Foster to get right. I mean, I, I watched him in high school here and there. Uh, and I just, he just, I, I don't, he just looked, there are points where he looked like just completely like he had a broken spirit. You know what I mean? Like he was like, he, like he was, like he was in black and white, like just completely drained of drained of anything that made him unique, you know? And I just hope that whatever, wherever he lands, he's able to kind of reclaim some of that confidence and able to kind of become at least some of the player he was in high school, because he was, I think people forget he was an incredibly special player in high school. He was dropping buckets. I mean, he, he straight up could not miss. Yeah. And something happened when he went to MSU and it just kind of, I don't know. Tom Izzo can't develop players. That's what I heard. That yeah. I, I also heard that uh, <laughs> Tom Jizzo. Uh, ruined he, yells him, he yells at them and makes, makes their life hell. Cause he's an angry dwarf. That's what yeah. I Tim, Tim, Tim Lizzo uh, <laughs> says why, why are players great till they got to be great? You know? Um, oh gosh what a pull <laughs> i was wondering where you were going with that 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 was off the dome straight up just wham bam thank you ma'am in and out 100 that bitch yep i mean lawyer won mr basketball he did he, he was made, lawyer that destroyed made a, he made a big time meatball upset never forget he scored a lot more than aunt Wright. all i know that is he <laughs> scored a lot more points than aunt Wright. <laughs> And I do love, I did love the tweet that was going around of like Duke kind of shitting on him. And then everyone having to remind Duke that uh, Foster Lawyer was on teams that what went two and one against Duke or was it? Yeah, correct. Keep me honest on it. But it was like two and one against them. It's like, yeah, he got surfboarded. It sucks. That's what happens when you're a five foot nine guy in D1. But uh, all don't lie, them's the numbers. Them is the numbers. Um, so that's the, you know, and, you know, as for, as for the other players who went to the transfer portal, uh, Godspeed. Yeah. Wish, <laughs> you know, thank you. Thomas, no, no words turning, on Kithier for turning J for turning, uh, X and Cassius into NBA players. Thank you. Yeah. Very much. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah. Thank you. Where would they be without Thomas Kithier? Probably yeah. the same spot. <laughs> I just yeah. Would, it, would, would, t- would would Xavier Tillman have been able to throw down that poster dunk yesterday Ooh. if it weren't for for Thomas Kithier running mm-hmm. the floor and being in the right spots? Yeah, you know, d- watching d- it. You know, Tom. You know, believe it or not, Thomas Kithier was actually there at that game last night, and he was in the right place at the right time to be able <laughs> to be. Able Thomas to Kithier walked. He crawled so that X could fly. And he's flying now. And Thomas Kithy probably watched that and a tear came to his eye and goes, you did it. A single tear. And he disappeared in the woods like Bagger Vance. Like faded away. He he, he evaporated (laughs) like Luke Skywalker at the end of The Last Jedi. Just whoosh. Like like Captain Ron where the bus goes by and he's not there anymore. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Captain Ron. I didn't think you were getting a Captain Ron reference, were you? 
<laughs> I like that movie a lot. So good. Cassius call. Cassius is gonna win Finals MVP in three years until <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be Kithier Abraham Lincoln and the alligator from Happy Gilmore. You know what? You know what happened? <laughs> what happened to What happened to Cassius is he got to he got to the the um, whatever the farm team for Washington and. He was like, I don't know, man. I can't do this without TK. And TK sent him a note that said, it wasn't my assist. The magic was in you the whole time. <laughs> Deep cut Simpsons reference, Maddie May. Holy shit. Whoa. Oh. He sent him a note that's, you are Cassius Winston, as he was yeah. riding on it. <laughs> it was never me. <laughs> the assists weren't special. You are. <laughs> it wasn't the shoe. Over here. Oh. Shit. Wow, Captain Ron, and then a early season Simpsons reference. Wow, it's 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 the uh, it's the the two glasses of bourbon I had before this. That's uh, it's the brand I think. I think it's the brand. brand. Yeah, it's the brand. It's the brand. Two glasses of bourbon and early season Simpsons. I think if I could define the Bacon Wire podcast in in two in two units of alcohol and a TV show, that would be it. That's fair. But yeah, TK gone. Um, I'm fine with it. And is there smoke that rocket is on his way back? Is the rocket returning to Earth? There is some, there is some smoke. Um, <clears throat> here are my thoughts. You know, I think, I think this isn't an original thought. I'm kind of cribbing from, from our friend Justin Thind here. But um, if, rocket is, if Rocket has any hopes of playing professional basketball in America, he needs to be a point guard. And he needs to be able to go somewhere where they'll let him kind of work out the kinks of being a point guard. And he doesn't have to worry about learning a playbook that's thicker than thicker than a thicker than Harry Potter and the order of the Phoenix thicker than Helen Parr. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Uh we're on one tonight. Yeah. I have two weeks worth of I have two weeks worth of horniness. I need to get bonked out of me, Lucas. <laughs> Buckle up. All right, just make sure you turn up the camera when you should. That was a uh, for this is an audio medium, but Maddie May turned his hat backwards like Ash Ketchum in Pokemon when he when he's in the middle of a heated battle. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, there is some smoke that Rocket's coming back. Um, you know, I don't, is there as much smoke as, you know, it's not a lot of smoke on a scale of, on a scale Who of, said it? uh, Andrew Cumbo. Oh, oh. um, our friend, uh, yeah, our friend Fofo. Um, if he's wrong, he's going to get no Fofo, no Fofo for him. But yeah, you know, I think on a scale from, Relit cigarette butt to California wildfire. I would say the amount of smoke is like black and mild cigar. Okay. Yeah. I wouldn't bank on it considering his father is not a fan of MSU. Yeah, there's a whole lot of people in his camp that are Nobody not. should be a fan of MSU shardy. Exactly. You know what kind of dark history they have there? The way they harbor so many criminals. It's a culture issue, Carter. <laughs> it's very clearly a deep culture problem, so I will not have That's my why a praying man there. like Luke Fickle turned him down. 
They offered him all the sinner's money they could offer. He's a good man, and I'm proud of him for that. They wanted Luke Fickle's soul. <laughs> Tucker and Midnight Mel, who already doesn't have one, was like, yeah, fuck it. Midnight Mel's like, what do you mean? I have to break the hearts of 40 college students by telling them to transfer off the team? Done. I'll do it for free. Where they would ride the bench at fucking Miami of Ohio anyway. <laughs> I, bet, I bet Foster goes to Valpo. You think? I think he'll go there. Hey, I don't care where they go. I'm, I'm happy for them. And I, I agree with everyone's takes on here that uh, they deserve more playing time and they're not going to get it at this level. And I think Foster Lawyer should become Lawyer the Destroyer. And maybe that's a, a program that can allow him to play opponents where he can be that. The, the moral arc of Foster Lawyer's career is him transferring to Oakland in dropping 28 against us in a non-conference game played at Little Caesars Arena in December 2021. That's how this ends. He'll do that and never do anything, then and then never score another point. Yeah, he'll do that and then medically retire. Yeah, he'll do that and then the next point, next game they won't play him. It'll he be was that bad at practice. Again, again, he'll just like he'll he'll hit his last three to make it like a six point game with thirty seconds left, and then he'll just like turn to dust like he just got snapped away by Thanos. This will be a trash take, but if that happens, I think the the anger would boil over into like comedy Joker levels, and I would probably just start laughing and cheering on Foster Lawyer and be like, "Burn it down, burn it all down, Foster he, Lawyer, the Destroyer." Yeah. Fulfill the prophecy. He turns or he like it's like uh it's like when Happy's it's like when Happy's. Gilmore's happy place gets corrupted. Foster Lawyer just starts tonguing Lupe in the stands, and he turns up, and he's like Gene Simmons from Kiss. But he's in the he's in the circle uh, sunglasses too, and he's doing yeah. points everywhere. Every camera, he always seems like he's pointing at. Him. Just straight up, just straight up tonguing Lupe in the stands. Oh God! Just <laughs> angry dwarf's gonna throw a tantrum. Yeah, Tom Tom Jizzo. <laughs> sure is gonna bust at that site because <laughs> he's a cuck Jawan would never get cucked shardy god all right but, and we also had what like 20 we have a shit ton of football transfers now spring game just unloaded goodness yeah. Um, I, so, I'm sorry. I don't know if I'm breaking your schedule. No, actually, I was trying to transition into. Oh, oh, oh. yes. <laughs> Joy, uh, we have a we have a live late edition of the podcast. We have Carter's dad, David Landis, Mr. Landis. How are you? We're not worthy. Good. I've got to. Um, I got to fix my uh, audio real quick. No problem. We're uh, we're just now getting to the uh, spring practice Toyotathon event. Uh, I unfortunately was not able to watch it, but I just want to oh. gather gather some general thoughts. Some hot. I, I watched the whole thing. 
You watched the, I watched the whole thing. Yeah. I made a day of it. They, they played the Michigan game from uh, the 2020 Michigan game right before it. And then the, the, the rivalry documentary where they try to make it look like it's equal. Oh, <laughs> is that the one where Devin Gardner is like, that's the one where they, they, they make uh, 2013 and 14 about 20 seconds. And it's Devin yeah. Gardner be like, it was crazy. And it's like, dude, it was bad. <laughs> it was really bad for you for two years and then they're like but then in 2016 they brought it back and you're like okay hold up like sure they broke, but... they broke devin gardner so bad he has to hip check sick he has to <laughs> check seven-year-olds in order to feel alive again they, devin gardner started out that docu documentary by going they're just full of excuses in east lansing and i about fell out of the couch like about there, I'm like, I'm done with this thing. And I don't know why I watched that. It was Michigan propaganda, masses and MSU, Michigan rivalry. Oh, yeah. But anyway. Like, wow, it's so, it's so equal. And I was like, I don't know. Have you seen um, any Tigers games this year? I watched them I today. The, the pre, in the pregame, they had him doing, like, sideline reporting. It look, mm -hmm. I, They have Devin, Devin Gardner on, like, Valley Sports, I think is what it is now. Yeah. And – He's on the sideline. I'm like, is that who? I know that ain't who I think All-time all time trash rebrand, by the way. Yeah. Bally Sports Detroit. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. It sounds like a multi-level marketing scam. I don't know. Who, hey, who buys out Fox Sports? Or like. Well, it was, a, Fox it was a then, Disney Fox takeover, I believe. Well, Disney, um, Disney couldn't take over the regionals, the regional Fox yeah. networks because it would of, be a monopoly, basically. Right. Which, oh no, Disney not a monopoly. Oh shit. Oh fuck. No way. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. What, what, You're what, kidding what, me. What? Uh, so they sold to Sinclair, who like <clears throat> Sinclair Broadcasting, who is legitimately a monopoly. Yeah. And they rebranded as Bally Sports Detroit, which is just the oh. worst. It you know, you know, Lucas, I, I never I, I noticed is that John U. Bacon never brought up that uh, story of the coach going into Jim Harbaugh's wife's face and crying. Uh, <laughs> almost like it was a almost like it was a work of fiction that he was afraid to tell a TV, uh, a TV studio or camera or anyone uh, because it's fucking bullshit that that happened yeah that was that was put on twitter and people were going after it and he didn't even when when he's questioned and it's something that he can back up he has no problem responding he responded to me on my old account a couple times but yeah you're right matt he was dead silent with that whole you'd think that'd be a great that'd be a great bit that that's a great uh piece that would fit in that that documentary and weird how he never never brought it up I think when, when we were tweeting at him about it, he was like, I was in there for four hours. Uh, we talked about a lot of different things. I was like, you didn't bring up the one thing that was definitely totally happened. John U. Bacon was, was two tweets from Michigan State fans away from doing the, what the fuck did you just say to me, you little bitch, copy pasta. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I just actually, wanted to reach out and let you know we're here tonight. <laughs> oh, oh, you, <laughs> dick, you dick. I have to edit now. <laughs> you dick. What happened? Carter did I brought up, up something forbidden. Yeah, you, you there's not a lot of boundaries in this podcast, and yet, Carter Landis, you managed to cross one with your dad 
with your dad on the line. He's gonna tell my dad on me again. I don't have to. I don't have to tell your dad. He's right in front of me. I'm staring That's at right. his face. <laughs> yeah, he got mad at me because I sold him out on Twitter. <laughs> dad, what? I'm trying to look cool in front of my friends. <laughs> exactly. Oh, exactly. It's called but, clout. But guys, he was wrong. Dr. You, you, you look up Dr. John Pepper. U. Bacon and uh, fiction on Amazon, his books will show up. <laughs> Doing it right now. Just do John U. Bacon fiction, they pop up. Oh my God. Oh, we're so far away. Quick thoughts on the spring game. Someone <laughs> talk about the okay. spring game spectacular. Um, I weirded out the group of friends I'm staying with by uh, taking over the living room TV and watching a, a practice. Um, <laughs> so that was that was a quick check on my sanity but i enjoyed it a lot noah kim huh look at that that was some that was some passes and i was really worried going into this knowing that we had all these recruits that they were going they were watching the game they already made it hard for them to get tickets and then it was rainy and shitty out which unfortunately is how a lot of games at msu are it's usually rainy and shitty it's part of the fun but um it was raining shoes, so I was like, oh, no, it's they're going to be like, this sucks. It's not nice. Uh, but then when I was able to hear, like, the crowd and the band and all that stuff, I mean, yep. who those who showed up friggin' brought it, and it sounded like they brought it, and people were really stoked. And apparently, I, I wasn't there, so I don't – and I haven't really talked to anyone who was, but from kind of what I've seen on Twitter, it sounded like <clears throat> it was pretty electric. So that's uh, – that that's that was a good sign for me because it was well, a big recruiting thing. When I heard the "Go Green, Go White" chant, I was like, "Oh yes, oh yeah, we're getting there." <laughs> I'm um, getting there. Think of me switching. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, I watched the spring football event, as uh, Brett liked to call it. Um, the I wasn't I wasn't really too into it to be honest until the scrimmages started. The practices were nice, like you could kind of see, like you really did see how uh, dummy thick uh, Jalen Naylor got and how beastly Jaden Reed looks. Um, but man, what really has stood out to me are two things, three things. The running back room is going to be stacked and should be fantastic. B, the defense scares me. Um, we're a little thin at linebacker, so I hope a certain player who was at the stadium commits. I hope he comes here. Probably start right away. And C, I think this quarterback battle is going to be down to the wire. I really do. I can I see – I see good and bad from both. Like, I was kind of teeter-tottering Russo, and then, like, Thorne made some kick-ass throws. And then Thorne would, would screw up. And then Russo makes some great throws. So that's the one thing that I'm really interested in heading into the fall is I the mean, quarterback battle. That was the big thing from Russo coming out of Temple, right? Was that he was kind of turnover prone. So, yeah. And I think people are trying to figure out whether it was uh, because he was making risky throws because Temple's wide receivers were shit or it was just because that's how he throws, which – Time will tell. Um, I like the I, the on paper idea of Anthony Russo. Um, 
when I was watching that spring practice, though, I was like, damn it. That like every, every throw Peyton Thorne made, I kept going, that really sucks for Anthony Russo. You're like, oh shit, man, you just transferred and they might get beat by this guy. He, he and, pulled a he pulled a Tathan. He pulled a Tathan Bartell. Yeah, he might <laughs> pull a Tathan. And I mean, who knows? Because obviously he just got here and he's got a whole lot of and he, if he's talking about film room junkie, just a heads up, not to name drop big names this week, but you know who also is a film room junkie? A certain uh, not as good as Denard Robinson quarterback, mm-hmm. Connor Cook. Uh loved the film room so i'm just saying is if there's if if he's gonna get good that's the way to do it and i think he might get good from it so how does it feel to watch film with the legend that is cutter cook (laughs) the con man mr landis did you uh did you watch did you watch any of the spring event yeah Carter and i sat and watched it um I was, I, I guess I'm, my question is why would he um, show off more of his uh, practices? Why wouldn't he, D'Antonio was so, you know, close to the chest with everything. And uh, Mel seems to be more open about things. Am I wrong? I, 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 uh, I, I think the, you're right. Um, the, I think the idea was that they wanted to show, that was purely for like the recruits. And I think they had preached a lot of like, Hey, look at how high energy our staff is. And you can say, I mean, you can say it, but then to show it, I think was the big thing. Cause I don't, I don't know recruiting rules uh, well enough to know if they can't like show them a practice or something, but I mean, it was more to be like, look how fast we move and look how hashtag relentless everything is. And um hashtag profs process driven <laughs> I, you know all the hash all the shit and uh, all that shit kids love um but i think it was to show them like hey this is your coaches in action and they're running with you and like that was I, to be honest that was kind of cool because i've never really seen a football practice since i was in one in middle school and um that career didn't pan out but um, <laughs> you and me both yeah <laughs> Yeah, so uh, was, didn't really, didn't really, uh, wasn't really a fast cornerback. So I just never, the, the call <laughs> never came. Um, I tweeted a lot, but anyway, they, um, I, I think it was to show how involved all those coaches are, and which it did show. And you could see like Piegler running around, and they were all, all those coaches were running in the play. And yeah. you think about that, and you watch like the green and white days or whatever, and you got, Jim Bowman dipping around in a golf cart and everyone being like, Hey, like <laughs> Walking I, around like Dana Vito and Batman returns. Yeah. You know, at least it's not like, at least it's not like that. You know, it's not complacent and sure. Whatever, whatever happens this year, hopefully it's better and it should be. It should I think be. it's, it's a good thing to just see those guys busting their ass. Cause when you saw it with like the D'Antonio staff towards the end, you were like, okay, so what are we doing to improve? And they're like, well, we've changed jobs. And you're like, okay, oh. great. <laughs> that, should should you stuff. change? Imagine if your plane did that. You hit turbulence, and then the captain went, I am now your stewardess. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great way to put it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, um, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. Dan Chodo um, in his press conference was, sorry, Mr. Landis, I – 
I took away Dave Warner's iPad for two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I just like the change of pace. Like, great to hear the fans again. You can't fake their passion. And it was just, it felt normal. And it made me want to go watch it. Like, I, I thought I would have to do other stuff Saturday night, but it didn't happen. And I'm just like, man, I would have loved to just go and sit in that stadium for the two hours just to see – just to feel like I'm I'm there again. Just to feel like I'm there to game again. But yeah, and, and I think the conditioning's paid off already. You can tell those boys are in shape. I think. Yeah, the amount of body fat lost yeah. with like muscle mass gained is a. It's super hard to do, and b. Yeah. Uh, crazy results. Like that's just they're just gonna have like friggin' strong as as dudes up there. That's wild. I, I'm. I, I'm so the marketing campaign is paying off uh, wonders because I am so jazzed for friggin' MSU football. I don't even live in Michigan anymore, and I have season tickets now because. <laughs> and so now I have to figure out how I fucking drive to Chicago every week or to East Lansing from Chicago every week. Ninety four to sixty nine. There you yeah, go. There you go. Ninety four to sixty nine. Yeah, I, I don't have a car. I, let's let's reiterate that. I also Dang don't man. have a car, so I need to figure that out too. Amtrak. Uh, take the train we'll figure that out later that'll be a later episode if you leave friday night you can just sleep on the train you'll get into east lansing at 5 a.m you know three hour three hour power nap that's right when the tennis court's open i could i could immediately jump on yeah and then you're right in the tennis courts and then you take the 10 p.m train back sleep it off and then you're back in chicago sunday morning there you go that's that's a that's a that's a plan. I mean, that is a plan. I, I think I would just stay at the Frandor Quality Inn, my 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 main haunt. Joe Biden ri- wrote the Amtrak. <laughs> Are you saying you're better than Joe Biden? I can ride the Amtrak. I just I'm just I just don't want to ride it while I'm pissed drunk and. Uh, and That's how everybody to, rides the first one. Isn't that how everybody rides the Amtrak? The <laughs> I've I've ridden it very very stoned, but I've not I've gotten drunk on it once or twice, but I've been more just. <laughs> Lucas, that's a sequel to Nomadland. Chloe Zhao is just going to follow Matt around on an Amtrak as he gets high. Uh, I got, I mean, side note, I got way too stoned on the Amtrak because I took way too, be- too big of an edible and I got lost on it. It's only eight, it's only eight cars. Um, and I was trying to get to the food cart and it was really, it was, it was sad. It was dramatic. And it was a lot of me like, and this wasn't long ago either. This wasn't like young, stupid, Matt, this is old, like adult should know better. And I'm like, uh, I don't know where, (laughs) you know, we figured it out though. Obviously I made it. I'm going back to spring. (laughs) But sorry, back to the spring game. My, my final thoughts and I'll let you, you know, you guys can go. I just want to see progress this year. And based off of what we saw, I think the offense has a chance to, if the right guy's starting, but I don't think Mel will be the type to let a guy start too long before he yanks the leash. But um, uh, <laughs> are we sure? Yeah. Rocky was in there for yeah, a while. I, it well, took maybe him. This year's different. Maybe. Cause he's got his guys and we obviously saw like six guys left today, but I just want to see progress this year. And I think we're going to get it. I mean, I would say anything above five and seven, I'd be really happy with. And 
if it's three and nine, Shardy, if it's oh, three boy. and nine, oh, I'm not looking. I'm I'm gonna be scared. I'm not that, saying you got to give a coach four years. You got to give him a whole recruiting class. So you got to give Mel Tucker five years. I've been told if by it a doesn't work after year five, seven. he's out. The but I'm not gonna. But three and nine or four and eight, I'm gonna be alarmed because that means we lost a game or two that we had no business doing. See, if you look at that schedule though. That schedule is is real nice and that that's got five wins on there i mean knock on wood playing wood in this room knock on wood um that nothing goes awry but there are five very doable games on there and the best part is with the covid season already truncating the amount of maximum possible wins it's going to show uh it's going to show momentum for the program and that's what you recruit off of besides all the cool marketing it's also going to be like, hey, if we do better than two and five, then you're going to you're going to be the story isn't going to be, oh, they lost two games in the COVID year. The story is going to be Mel Tucker is improving the program, which is what you want to hear when you're a recruit who is looking to go to a school and you will have the expectations of like, hey, you need to bring back MSU. Now it can be like no, MSU is coming back and you're going to be part of it, which is a lot right. nicer way to bring in kids than being like, hey, Relentless. <laughs> That's but, kind of um, kind of a tough way to start with Northwestern. But they they can be. Re- it's like they have a really good year, and then next year they're complete ass. So oh, yeah. trending tre- trending towards complete ass because like 2018 they were decent, 2019 they were awful, 2020 they were good. You know, even though MSU beat them, yeah. I think this year they're going to be a bad team. It seems <laughs> like they're. One year good, one year bad. It seems like it's just this constant and, pattern with them. They also and, had a lot of. They also had a lot of. They're also losing they, a lot. They lost a lot of guys. Oh. And MSU has the element of surprise on their side this year. There is yeah. going to be a lot of people who are going to like. I keep. It's hard for me to convince other MSU casual fans, like my friends, and being like, guys, they're going to be better this year. And people are like, I don't know. And I'm like, will be. I know because this is all I, I do Should. in the yeah. summer is look at this shit. And they were like, okay, yeah, maybe. And it's like, no, you can look at it. If you, if you categorize the wins as wins, losses, or the schedule as wins, losses, and toss-ups for the season, it, it, you get above, like, and toss-ups are like 0.5, you get above uh, six pretty quickly. I, I, I'm going to say six and six, but if I think the barometer game is going to be Miami, if they can beat Miami, then then the expectations go up a win or two. And if they just are competitive with Miami, then I think it's okay to, to just keep them up. But if they go in there and get rocked by Derek King, then I'm I'm going to say six and six. If, that, that's the game I'd I'm going to look at. I would be cool with six and six, but I'm, yeah, I'm chugging the Kool-Aid right now. But If Mel doesn't bust out the script states, the script state <sighs> helmets against Miami, I want Make it fired. One. I want no, it fired. I want even wilder uniforms this year. You know what? I want the script states. I want script states with the all black, all black script state logo on it. And neon script state. And I want us to replace Sparty for a game with the paper mache Sparty from like the 1920s. (laughs) I want that guy running around campus shooting water balloons at people. And people just going, what is that monstrosity? I want to see the Molon Lob jerseys again. 
It'll be like uh, it'll be like that summer where like clowns just started showing up out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, but it's gonna be paper mache Sparty. Yeah. And pe- that's even scarier. If that thing followed me at night, you know, I'm by one of those like those like booths with the sirens, just tapping them. Carter, what do you think? Like, what do you guys think, you and your dad? What are we thinking? Like, like season outlook? Like, yeah, or like, what are your thoughts on the spring game? Like, you've been oh yeah talking over. <laughs> Um, I think, you know, I, I, I looked at some of the things, um, and I didn't think it mattered a whole lot because I don't think that the team that was out there will majority be the team that we'll see, especially defensively. Cause, um, a lot of the transfers that I think are going to end up taking starting jobs haven't gotten there yet. Um, as we say, we're hoping for the Tennessee linebacker, um, you know, tank Brown committed, uh, and he's a guy that we have for like four years now. So that should be good. We got Ben Van Summerin from Michigan. And then all the corner transfers. I really like Chester Kimbrough. I think he's going to make a pretty uh, important impact, especially for the secondary, which we really need with Shakur Brown leaving. And then there's not a whole lot of experience at that position. Uh, but yeah, when it comes to the season, yeah, I think six, maybe seven wins, hopefully. And then give me a bowl appearance. And then I'm feeling pretty good about. Uh, how we're going forward. I mean, um, I, I especially want to see the continued on-field growth because, you know, you can preach things all, all off season long, but it's all about on-field results. Uh, so if recruits can see that, you know, the, the higher level recruits that we're, we're kind of expecting that we can hopefully start to land, if they see uh, a culture that they want to play for, uh, that then becomes something that's pretty important. So that's what I was thinking for that. <laughs> what about you, Mr. Okay. Mr. Landis, what do you think? Yeah. Stop, stop calling me Mr. Landis. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I thought, you know, I just, I thought it was different. Um, I've Carter and I've gone to these things, you know, year in and year out and, frozen our asses off and sweated and everything, you know, but it was, it was just different. And, and I didn't like the, like somebody else said, I didn't really get into it until the scrimmages and it's just, you guys are, I mean, I'm, you guys are all about players and I, you know, I listen to Carter and I, I, I mean, I listen to you guys every week and you guys know so, so much more about this than I do. I'm just like, rah, rah, Michigan State. We're uh, not as knowledgeable as you think. <laughs> yeah, it's, well, it's a lot of it's a lot of smoke. As I've learned well, from my, my Xavier Worthy tweet is not a real we thing. we listened, we listened to locked on and then we just repeat what Will and Matt <laughs> say. <laughs> Listen to them in the morning. I just repeat what Will says. If I repeat what Matt says, I get my ass. <laughs> you know the meme of like the philosopher where he's like copying the other guy? Yeah, that's us. It's like crappy that Will Hunter. Crappy, you gotta do you got this is how I know crappy's a real one. If he does the Steve Whippets one. And then he follows up with the Greek philosophers one of like Bacon Wire podcast locked on. Well, I think I'm not sure, but I think that Matt guy is stoned every <laughs> every time. <laughs> he's just 
his his voice is. He's talking about like, Sheehan. <laughs> yeah, Sheehan is just. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay, Will. <laughs> wow, this is some big podcast beef. <laughs> Carter's dad and Matt Sheehan. Oh, I can't wait to hear what he says to say about me. Maybe that explains why Sheehan's eating so many damn built bars. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God! Don't bar. Well, you know you gotta pay. You, you gotta pay your bills somehow. He's, oh. he's a great ad guy. Like he pushes it. He does, but he's just. <laughs> it's like he's half in on this podcast, and and Will Dang. is like. Will is just the 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 straight man, and he just plows right through. And if if Sheehan says anything, it's a bonus, you know. <laughs> Move over, Dave Passion, Bill Walton. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I will say, I, I listened to them. Uh, I listened to their podcast. I want to say I started listening when they, like, jumped on it, like, th- two or three years ago. And, um, like, not to be on a podcast to talk about another one, but they have gotten, like, so good at it yeah. from where they started. And, like, I, they're both I mean, they're both super awesome guys, but, well, they, like... I. I started listening to it when it was just Will, and it was like the week of the Texas thing. He's like, okay, on uh, Lockdown Spartans, I think we're going to talk about something today. Yeah, it was it like, was, it was just him, and I'm like, man, you need a second dude with you. Like, he was <laughs> he was great, but I'm just like, you need someone else with you. You know, it, it, that's why I said earlier in the weekend, like, it's it's like Wayne's role when Wayne leaves the set and Gar's just talking to himself. <laughs> That's what it felt like. That's what it felt like when Will was by himself. Was like, you know, well, uh, here's what Texas Tech does. This and, he, and now I'm thinking about it. He said it was going to be a very close game, but that's another day. But there was a recent podcast where they had where I was listening to it, and I was like, "Damn, this is way better than like it used." It's to way be better than those chuckle fucks over at Bacon Wire. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's what I. That's actually what I yelled uh, at dinner to my friends who didn't know what I was talking about, and I was like, "You guys don't get it. Lockdown Spartans is so much better than Bacon Wire, you motherfuckers. You don't even." You don't get it. You don't know my world. <laughs> you talk movies half the time. Stick you don't understand wire. You don't understand me, Dad. Sounds good, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was great calling him high like that. Oh God, fuck. Well, seriously, he just is like. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm like, God, just say something so intelligent. Hard. I laugh so hard when like Will's trigger words are built bar and he just goes built bar. And then <laughs> oh, yeah. when he goes bet online and Sheehan just goes da da chi like all right, fun. no free ads. We gotta we gotta move on. So okay, <laughs> uh, it's time for uh, it's time for Spartan Dog ninety seven Zoomer Zone. Um, oh. Carter's dad, you don't want to be called Mister Landis. Carter's dad, Lucas, Matt, you're going to have to, you're just going to have to try to follow along. I'll explain things as I go. Carter, you might know what I'm talking about. Um, There's a TikTok trend going on right now where former kids who grew up in Christian churches are like relaying their experiences in, in a Christian church 
set to like an upbeat country worship song. Like one of those like evangelical Christian, you know, country sounding songs. And Mm. they're just like, there was one I saw. It was like, uh, when I tell my youth pastor I'm having homosexual urges, so he puts his arms around me during praise. <laughs> oh my, like that. oh my god. It made me think of just one of the most bizarre experiences I've ever had in high school. Oh no. And I have to tell you guys this story. It's I couldn't believe it was happening in the moment and as time went on it's only gotten weirder in my head i haven't confirmed this with anyone who was there so this is straight up from my memory six years uh an eighth of weed and too many beers to count later (laughs) so it might not be it might not be detail for detail 100 percent. so here we go my senior year, I went to a Catholic high school, Mr. Landis. That's this is the, okay. I went to a Catholic high school, an all boys Catholic high school. So, oh boy. yeah, we were a bunch of assholes. Uh, so <laughs> my senior year, we go to a, it's like a social justice museum in downtown Detroit. Okay, and we're sitting in the banquet room eating lunch. And someone goes, and my wrestling coach, who was like a teacher there, says, we have a special guest speaker talking to you guys today, blah, 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 blah. So this guy comes up. He's an alumni of the school, and he played in the NFL. He played for the New York Giants in the 80s. He was on that Super Bowl team that Parcells coached. And he gets up, and he starts talking about, you know, how he came up, his career, whatever. And he goes, you know, if you're dedicated to your career and to school and to God, you guys will, you guys will be successful. You know, the normal, the normal shit. This is where it takes a turn. The guy pulls out a glass, a carton of milk and a sleeve of Oreos. And and he calls up, he calls up like five guys. He just calls up five random people. He just points at him and goes, you get up here, you get up here, you get up here. So he pours the milk in the glass and he goes, and he goes to the first guy and he goes, I want you to eat this Oreo and I want you to spit it back into the milk. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? So the first guy does it and he does all the way down the line, chew up the Oreo, spit it into the milk. So then once he gets to the end of like the five volunteers, he call, he like compulsively made spit chewed up or baby mama bird Oreo into this glass of milk. He goes, the milk is your soul. <laughs> and eat, it starts out white and pure, right? And every time you have premarital sex, a little bit of Oreo gets spit into the milk. Would you want to drink this milk? He's like, my soul is delicious. 
Do you yeah. was someone chewed up and spit out Oreo? Wow. And we're all like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. A few people were like, yeah. And he goes, then why would you want, then why would God want your soul if you've been having premarital sex? Now, keep in mind, anyone who was still a virgin who was at this conference, it wasn't by choice. There were maybe three people who were actively trying to remain virgins oh. at my school who were in this conference. Oh. And I was like, motherfucker, you played professional sports in New York in the 80s. This sounds like Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> if, you, if, if you want me... To if you said I was so coked out all the time, I don't remember set, I don't remember having sex with anybody, that's believable. Yes. But if you're gonna say I played with Lawrence Taylor in the NFL in the 1980s and I waited until marriage to have sex, you're a fucking liar. I don't believe you. Oh big fat fucking liar. <laughs> big fat fucking liar. No fucking way. <laughs> It, yeah, line of coke and then a hooker. Right. Mm. <laughs> no, he lied. He lied like a dog. Yeah. What? Uh, that was the most bizarre. After we, you know, we there's these statues out front dedicated to like Martin Luther King, and like a whole bunch of these like activists, and we're getting lectured about abstinence. That's I went up. Bro. Only in a, only in a religious place would they say, you know, you know the the three things where it's like they then they add they add God um, at the end. They don't, you know, you uh, you go to a regular high school, you might get the you might get the speech, but you're not getting God in there. I, I the craziest part is, I went up to my coach after, and I was like, was that supposed to happen? And he said, he looked me dead in the face and he goes, fuck no. <laughs> he was just supposed to talk to you guys about hard work and like being dedicated in college and stuff. Oh my God. Sounds like a bad Matt Foley parody. <laughs> it, that's yeah. that, honestly like this show wasn't out yet. So I didn't have the comparison point to like market to but like looking back on it now, it it felt like I I think you should leave sketch. Like I was in a I think you should leave sketch. I think I'm gonna use that technique on one of my next uh, work meetings. <laughs> Just randomly <laughs> get a bunch of Oreos into milk and go. This is what happens when we have unclean data. You wouldn't. <laughs> you must keep your data pure. Yeah. God. Yeah. That's awful. Well, that was gross. I didn't deal with any of. I went to Catholic school, but it was co-ed. But I didn't deal with any of that. That's that's pretty out there. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck? Because you know, like when you're Catholic, like growing up Catholic, I think is a unique experience because it's like, it's like it's not like the it's not like growing up in like a Protestant community where they try to like modernize going to church right where they have like uh 
where they have people go up and sing like misbehaving <laughs> Lucas running through the house with a pickle in my mouth you know it's very traditional it i'm pretty sure that like a lot of catholics think the worst thing to ever happen to catholicism is like the council of trent where like where like the church said like please say mass in in whatever language you're in the language of whatever your country you're in uh so that you so know should, so should we call you rudy now I, fuck i don't know man <laughs> you went to you went to an all-boys catholic school i did i did and that was that was the weirdest thing i've ever seen weirdest yeah that, that sounds surreal i feel like i would go i would go numb from that the craziest part was like i was already not a virgin and an atheist at that point so i was like Humble brag. <laughs> so i was like what the hell <laughs> i was like who is this gonna convince <laughs> was this just a, a weird like uh run around way to tell us you had sex in high school i had <laughs> sex before high school <laughs> i had sex in eighth grade Matthew. <laughs> wow asking. that's that was what that was when I was getting burned as a cornerback uh, in my middle school football squad. So. Yeah, you you strike me as more of a slot receiver, you know, uh, a real gym rat, you know, first guy in, last guy out. I, I was a receiver too. They never threw to me, and actually, I got I, I got shoved in the back, and then I face planted. And that was my one play. I had one tackle though. Actually, I had one tackle at corner. They caught the ball um, for like a forty yard pass, but I got him. Didn't didn't score. So, you know, didn't Mel, score. call me, call didn't me up. And didn't score the Maddie May story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, deep cuts. What, uh, what, right. do you guys, what do you guys think of the, um, the kicker transfer? Yeah, I saw that. Is he just like, are, are, of any of those transfers, are any of you guys worried about uh, no. any of them? I thought the Tommy Guajardo one was a little strange, you know, because I thought our, our tight end room was kind of thin. I mean, it looks like Tyler Prompt is going to be the starter. He's like a converted kicker, punter, whatever the hell. Oh, yeah. And then, I mean, I know we have talked about Cam Allen being like the freshman that's that's making good strides and will eventually probably start. Gillison has been kind of unheard of, I guess, the last couple of years. So I thought that with no real, I think, established starter. I thought that Guajardo could get a shot to to play, but that 2020 D'Antonio class is just looking very bad. They're they're sending them out. They're shipping them out in droves. Yeah, I mean, I think I like uh I I said this I said this a couple of weeks ago, but like I'm not ready to forgive D'Antonio until we like win a New Year's Six Bowl. Yeah. That might be a little harsh, but from like, and you know, you guys can correct me if I'm on a line, but like the the way he built this program up and then tore it back down, like I don't know. I need to I need to see MSU be able to get back to that place before I'm ready to go before I'm ready to look back on, on the D'Antonio era with like, with like an overall positivity. 
I agree. There's definitely ended in a sour way. Yeah, I mean, they still it still has its high notes, right? Like, I'm not going to deny the Rose Bowl win no. or the 2015 season, you know, as, as failures, but... I mean, there's, there's definitely, like, sections of his tenure that are the beginning and the build, the, the really good years, and then, like, the shit year, the decline, and that's, like... And you can look at the, you can look at him as three different, three different coaches and really more two, because there's one where he's good and there's one where he's bad and looks like he's dying on the field. And um, now I agree with you is that like, I still am grumpy about it. I feel good that what we have is putting out a lot of the fires and it's a lot of rebranding that has to go on to show that, and this might, that's what I'm excited to see. Like, like Luke had said, is that um, it's progress. You know, you want to see that progress. You want to see that improvement and we're seeing it, but I agree. And I think a big 10 is too harsh to say that he needs to win a big or Mel Tucker needs to win a big 10 before you can forgive D'Antonio. I think a new year's six bowl is like, it's doable and it's, it's definitely doable by this squad. And I think by then everyone will be like, okay, yes. Those three years, really blue mark but that's okay because we're back to being efficient or we can just beat michigan again if we just keep beating michigan i'll be i'll be having a great time especially on twitter i mean that's that that's some little brother bullshit matt i'm gonna be honest with you you know that's fine i I think i came into msu when msu was bad and that was my goal then and i'm I'm going to, I'm going to keep it uh, until that's, that's always been my goal is just that win. Like, I think I, like, I, like I was so ready after the 2017 season to like see this team compete with Ohio state again. And it just sucks that that season turned out to be a dead cat bounce. Yeah more than anything else like that was the only thing it was indicative of was like the last it was like in an action it's like in a horror movie like at the end of scream where like skeet ulrich pops up for one more jump scare before he dies for real yeah Hmm. you guys go ahead go ahead go ahead david you guys didn't live through the 70s and 80s uh, you don't know. You don't know how old I am. You have no idea. <laughs> you're right. I don't. <laughs> but I'm guessing you're not 51. Uh, maybe I moisturize. Yeah. <laughs> I drink. I drink the blood of toddlers. That's how I stay so young. Yeah, adrenochrome. Have you heard of it? <laughs> it does wonders for the skin, man. Do you see these laugh lines? Non-existent. Non-existent. What, what, in your opinion, David, was the worst era of MSU football that you've lived through? Oh, God. Um, Buddy? Well, I, I mean, to be honest, those those awful years with, like, Daryl Rogers was the coach, and we're going two and eight and three and nine, and, <laughs> um, I mean, it was just – it was awful. It was awful. They, yeah. um, they couldn't recruit. They couldn't – they couldn't do anything. Coaches were just coming in and leaving. The eighties were a little bit better, but once you got into the nineties and then with D'Antonio, I feel like, uh, when he, when Narduzzi left, that was kind of the, 
mm. it just kind of started going downhill after that. Yeah. The defense wasn't flying around, you know, it just, it got more conservative and it just got more boring. My and then they, oh, go, ahead. go ahead. No, you go out, you finish. Go ahead, finish. No, no, you're fine. Go ahead. I've gotten heat on this. I used to be a frequent member of the Red Cedar message board. Like, and then they wanted me to leave because I was too optimistic. So that's how you know the barometer. But um, in 2015, you know, it's been rumored that after the 38 nothing loss, Antonio wanted to retire. That's been uh-huh. a rumor that he went to Hollis and was like, I'm done. And Hollis said, you know, try, I'm, try about, I'm about to be put on the electric chair. You can't step down for the love of God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know what? maybe he should have retired. And I know that's uh, pretty bad to say about the greatest coach in MSU history. And I will always say that until someone else does better than him, but the way he left, I mean, Duffy, really sour taste in mouth. Duffy won national championships. I don't think. That yeah. Was. Yeah. You gotta and go. And he was a big part of integration with black athletes in in college football, which is monumental. Um, but, you know, I mean, statistically, you know, wins and all that. But um, either he should have retired after 38 nothing, or the perfect time to retire would have been after 2017, kicking Washington State's ass in the Holiday Bowl. You redeem yourself from the 3-9, you go 10-3. and three. Things are looking up. Like, Lewerke, you have found the guy. You found a couple guys to be with him for a couple years. That would have been the time to hand the keys over to someone else. But then he... You know, we probably would have had to deal with, not that it's a horrible thing, but, you know, like Mike Tressel or God one of the bad things. But, yeah, <laughs> I, I have a very sour opinion of D'Antonio by the way he left. And it just put Mel Tucker in a bad position. And COVID didn't help either. COVID didn't help. But, you know, it's not fun to take a job like a day or two before signing day and then the world shuts down a month later but um what i was gonna say is i was not thrilled seeing him at the rutgers game last year i was kind of like what the fuck are you doing here you're just sitting here like oh okay we're all good and then i about had a stroke when i saw him with luke fickle i'm like is this just grade a trolling (laughs) like the guy who we thought we we were watching his shoes on a damn runway, <laughs> thinking all-time oh, MSU Twitter. That, those are his sneakers. We's coming. Oh my god, <laughs> we got Luke Fickle. And then the next day, it's like no. And fuck, I just that that, that was me probably the, the three way. worst days. That was a dark day, man. We MSU. started rumoring Brett the basketball team was fucking up too, and it was like, oh my yeah. god. I thought Brett Bielema was it after after Fickle said no. I'm like. Well, Tucker said no, so it looks like Brett Bielema is coming. He's lancing. Oh, I thought it was going to be Trestle. Gonna watch these games I was like, we're going to have interim coach Trestle, and we're going to get rocked. I would have yeah. rather had Trestle than Bielema. And but, then, like, um, was that – I was the Penn State game – What it was like they beat Illinois. MSU basketball beat Illinois. They came down. They were, like, eight at halftime, came back, beat Illinois, and then at, like, 3 o'clock in the morning they hired Tucker. It was a bounce back. Yeah, that was the one where Cassius lobbed it to, to X for the win, and they blew like a 15-point lead. Yeah. Like, they blew yeah. a massive lead in that game. Um, but that's all I wanted to say about D'Antonio is, like, I 
you know, he gave me incredible memories with the Rose Bowl. You know, I, I watched the Big Ten title game at Celebration Cinema and Portage with a whole theater full of people, you know, screaming up and down like the, it it was one of those legit moments like I never thought this would happen in my lifetime. And it did. So I'll always be grateful for that. But I kind of wanted to go away for a little while. That's that's my opinion. He looks great. He looks healthy. I just wanted to go away for a little bit and let Mel do his thing without him kind of hanging around. But as long as Tom Izzo's head coach of basketball, it's probably going to be like that. Yeah, I imagine him at that spring game going, oh, why aren't you starting this person? Like a guy he directly recruited or something like that. They'll be like, oh, he sucks. <laughs> because he's a – Where's you know. Rocky? Because he's a bum. Yeah, Rocky's over at NIU. <laughs> where, where he should have been all along. It's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, my I thing with D'Antonio – yeah. My thing with D'Antonio was just how he's – his whole thing was he never he never got the top recruits, but he could always develop those lower level guys into great players, like with Jack Conklin, Le'Veon Bell, Connor Cook, whatever highly regarded uh, prospects. But then they turned into NFL draft guys, and then he stopped doing that. And then if that's going to happen, if that's going to happen, if you're going to stop developing, then you need to start recruiting talent and working with the top tier talent that you have. But he didn't do that either, so he's got these undersized Mac guys going up against you know the, the the big time the big time ohio state guys and you're just getting throttled every single year by right. the top teams in the big 10 that's what happened in 2018 2019 and and at that and then it was at that point that nothing was changing that i was saying we need we need to go in a new direction we like the charles barkley we need to start a dialogue we are going to start a dialogue like, I, like I watched I went to the Western game in Kalamazoo, you know, 2015, you know, we were all hyped for that season. Were you there? I yeah, broke we were there. Yep. You guys were there? Yeah, we were there. I broke my ankle. I was there too. I broke my ankle at walking around Knollwood apartments. <laughs> I'm sure you were doing it sober. Oh yeah. I was stone cold sober. <laughs> Not you were stoned and cold? Yes. Well, I mean, like it did get a little chilly. I underdressed and you know, that's yeah. but you know, I was watching, you know, I, I always arrive early to these games. I just like to kind of soak in the environment because as I was walking up, all the Western fans were saying, fuck you to me. It was amazing. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there watching MSU play and or warm up. And then I'm like, wow, like Connor cook looks bigger than Western's biggest player. And, you know, I'm just like, okay, this, you know, it was really cool seeing that up close, but then, you know, three years later, I'm watching them warm up against Ohio State, you know, when it was really snowy. It was just kind of shitty. Oh, yeah, I was at that game, too. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was watching oh. them warm up and uh, with my cocoa water. And, um, yeah. like, I just was going, holy shit. Ohio State's smallest player almost looks as big as MSU's biggest player. Like, the, you know, 2015-16 broke D'Antonio. And, you know, you were kind of alluding that with, you know, him shying away from bigger recruits and you know i i just want to see it mel tucker shooting a shot with everybody and i love it he is not afraid to hear no whereas d'antonio seemed like one of those guys is like afraid to ask someone out because they can't handle rejection it seemed like and i think that was the i think that's what killed his stardom at msu i i I know he's always worshipped and loved, but, you know, I, I grew up watching this team when it was Bobby, 
running into the ground right when Nick Saban left and, you know, had to deal with John L. Smith and then D'Antonio came and, you know, I, my expectations changed, but it just seemed like D'Antonio took a, took us to the peak and then was like, I'm good. I'm done. I don't need to win a national championship. Whereas if he wins a national championship, he'd go like one and 11 the next couple of years. I wouldn't give a shit because that memory would get, be great. So I'm sorry I'm ranting about D'Antonio, but that's, I just, I think he needs to go away for a little bit and let Mel do his thing because I think Mel can do great things here. Well, I think the energy is completely different now. Yeah. And, and he's going to, you know, he's going to bring back that energy that D'Antonio sucked out of the vet, you know, the last three years. And, and I think, you know, this year is going to be a, a, a test. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of new players, and you know, there's just there's there's a lot of questions, and I don't, you know, I like I said before, I'm you know, I'm I'm not up on every player like you guys, you know, you guys are much more knowledgeable, but um, I just think it's going to be, I think there's going to be a lot of changing around and trying things, and you know, trying to figure out what 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 works where and there's going to be a lot. It's a a test, but it shouldn't be that hard of a test is kind of the way I look at it is I think it's, it's going to be, it's going to show a lot of the improvements they've made compared to last year when they have an off season, but it should, they should pass. I think they should pass this test is kind of where I'm at with it. Cause there's not, there's not that high of a bar. And I think six wins is, is, is doable. And I think we're trying, I think we're on Mel Tucker understands the, the format of new, of the new world of college football and the world of social media and clickbait and all that fun stuff that I think um, Mark D'Antonio did not. And I think what happened around, I think if Mark D'Antonio was on his rise in the nineties or early two thousands, we would have way more success. But I think with social media and all that stuff, I mean, think about how little social media presence we had at all under well, Mark I, D'Antonio. It was, it was like him st- wishing people happy birthday. I uh <laughs> I I asked I asked Brian Lewerke this when we interviewed him like do you think coach coach Bowman like knows what a gif is? Like if <laughs> coach yeah. Bowman could ex- do you think coach do you think coach Bowman could explain a gif? <laughs> <laughs> like yeah I agree with I agree with you David like the energy is just such a nice refresh. Like it's so cool to see them so involved. Those with oh, the fans and social media, okay. and what what like with D'Antonio, it's funny how active he is now. Like he's on Morton Anderson's podcast, doing something, and I'm going to listen to it because maybe he says some cool stuff. But like, it it wouldn't have killed him to be a little more like that when he was here. Maybe our perception of him would have changed if he not asking him to open up everything, but like be a little more open, like go do podcasts, go do interviews in the off season. I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm not mad. Don't put it in the paper that I got mad. Even Bella, even Belichick smiles a little, a little more often now than yeah. he did, you know, 10, 15 years ago, you know, he the entire culture, the culture has changed. Yeah. He's a pretty funny guy. Like I've watched some of the press conferences with Belichick and he says some funny shit. <laughs> I'm definitely not mad. 
This is great dead air. It's not yeah, a so NFL anyone? I'll have to yeah. yeah. What's, so what's the next that, topic, SB? I'm I'm sorry. I, I zoned out. It's finals <laughs> week. I'm I'm a little zony. I'm gonna have to edit that too. God damn it. Uh, don't worry about it. It's like two seconds. Uh the NFL draft is this Thursday. <laughs> uh Carter, your Falcons have the have the third fourth pick, right? Yep. Uh why do how are they gonna fuck this up, do you think? Hmm. The perfect way to fuck this up is when you have an aging quarterback, no cap space, and you're thinking of trading the greatest player in your franchise history, and you want to replace him with a tight end at four. <sighs> as much as I think Kyle Pitts is great, I really, really do. You don't mess up the chance to get your future quarterback for the next 10 years, especially when one of Justin Fields or Trey Lance will be there at four. I won't go on, you know, for a million years because I know there's not a lot of, you know, Falcon fan listeners. I can't imagine there's any more than like Glizzy, our friend. But uh, he agrees with me that we need to get our future quarterback. And if they don't, the franchise is going to be in a seriously bad spot going forward. Hmm. And also, um, my dad is also a Dolphins fan. So if you wanted to get his thoughts. Sure. You got a nice lottery. You got a really nice pick with the draft. Yeah, I'm again. I'm I'm not up on that stuff. I'm more of a rah rah guy. So I, uh, this is probably a sec- section or segment that I need to sit out because. <laughs> Devonte Smith. Could be Devonte Smith. Could be Devonte Smith, which would be awesome for Tua. Yeah, he. They need a couple more. They need a couple more receivers. I do know that. So. Yeah, it's that could be good from the Lions' perspective. You know, um, I, I'm down with I'm down with giving golf a one year experiment. Like, I think quarterbacks. You know, there's always going to be three to four good quarterbacks in every draft class, just because we don't know who they are yet. I don't think is necessarily necessarily pressures us to pick someone like Mac Jones, you know? Um, But if, you know, there's rumors that Justin Fields could fall to seven. And if that happens, you got to better, we better fucking take Justin Fields at seven. It'd be a prime trade up spot for a lot of teams. Yeah. Or, or trade that pick and, and, you know, get yourself in position to, to draft, you know, to draft help where you need it. You know, I've been saying the whole I've been saying it since last last offseason. If if a single linebacker who was on the roster last year for the Detroit Lions does not come back, that is the best possible outcome. I would rather have eight new linebackers come in than keep a single linebacker that we had. Tavai makes a snail look like the flash. I'm I'm pretty out of shape, but I'm convinced I can outrun him. In the I in really the, am convinced. In the snail race episode of SpongeBob, <laughs> Tavai is Patrick's rock. <laughs> uh, kind of unrelated. Patricia kind of- Patricia was there going, it's okay, Jelani, you'll go when you feel like it. Kind of kind of unrelated, um, but 
I'll, I'll jump it back to Michigan state for one second. I was telling my, I was telling my dad that uh, if he, if he was in a foot race, I think he might win. <laughs> um, that dude is one of the slowest linebackers I've ever seen. Who was it, Carter? You, you, you cut off for me. Noah Harvey. <laughs> oh, that's, I was going to guess Harvey, Harvey. Harvey, Harvey would lap him. <laughs> Just straight up. Another SpongeBob reference. It'll be like when they all got superpowers. And like, you want to see me run to like, that rocking back? Want to see me miss a tackle? Want to <laughs> see me do it again? Do it again. <laughs> Jerry DiNardo, when they've got to Noah Harvey, he's like, uh, Noah Harvey's there, basically. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's what he is. He's on the field. Noah Harvey is a student at Michigan State University. He's currently enrolled, taking 14 credits. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, how did he get to the football field? <laughs> if he's that bad. I, th- I mean, he, he got some shine when Bocce went out, if I'm correct, if I'm remembering right. People were like, yeah, he did. oh, here's our next big linebacker. And I watched him like, okay. Okay. <laughs> don't know, don't know what you're watching, but I think I've watched enough MSU football or this isn't what we're used to. As as a um, as another request, if crappy is listening, um, <laughs> I think we he should make the remake the the gif of uh, the Key and Peel sketch with Obama where he's high fiving and like yes. people and it's different. Uh, D'Antonio recruits and then like his recruits. <laughs> Mel Tucker's recruits are like the ones he's given. And Noah them. Harvey, it's like a hey, how's it going? Make, yeah, no, like, he's near the end when you just walk. Ricky by. White is a <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, Kenneth Walker is like a <laughs> yeah. And then it's like, uh, and then it's like the entire bullet bloodline is just like, <laughs> when he walks right past. <laughs> it's like Matt Allen. We're giving we're giving crappy a lot of work this episode. We're gonna have to start paying him at some point. Yeah, yeah. Pay him in clout and likes. Yeah, we'll we'll if find Dogecoin went down. We'll just pay him in some Dogecoin. That's true. We'll pay him in uh whatever new we'll pay him in Bitcoin two gen. <laughs> um, like with the Lions, my you know, my for those who listen, my father in law, you know, we get I get game recaps from him or thoughts on him and your thoughts from him and you know he's been over here helping me with my kitchen and he's he's a big Kyle Pitts guy now he's not like hardcore watching the draft and all that shit so Kyle Pitts there's no way he falls to seven if he does that's a that's probably going to be a thing where the Lions are going to get a ton of phone calls for that for that spot but um you know I was I don't know where is Pat um Sewell Sewell the guy from Oregon Penny Sewell where is yeah. he projected to go uh, he's top projected five, top, 10. top five. Okay. Yeah. He's projected, top five, top 10. Be a prime the, Cincinnati Bengals guy. If the Bengals give a fuck about Joe Burrow at Joe Burrow, all, yeah. they'll draft, they'll draft C1. Yeah. Cause you could see a scar on the new Bengals jerseys picture. Oh, oh, I just stared bad. at his knee. I'm like, where's that scar? Um, and Poor Joey B. yeah, they, they need help. But like, I, I was, he, you know, it's tough with the Lions. He's like, I want a new, he's like, I wouldn't mind having a quarterback to sit behind Goff. But he's kind of with you, Spartan Dog. Like, he's like, we don't need a quarterback this year. We can, we can, we can see what Goff has, and then go from there. And then I'm like, well, 
if you have Sewell at seven, I think that's the guy to go with. Like you need, you need help for Goff. Like if you give Goff a good line, he can do some numbers for you. Yeah. I think like, you know, Lucas, I can, I kind of talked about this with you when the Stafford golf trade first happened, but it's like, I don't golf. Isn't necessarily a bad quarterback. No, he just has a, his ceiling just isn't super bowl winner. And I think that's a little bit of what drove McVay crazy. You know, I, he, he's a game manager. Golf is a game manager. And when you're in a quarter of a super bowl win, but I, I could see where you're coming from that he's close, but not the guy. Yeah. I mean, he, you know, he's a game manager and if you put the right pieces around him, he's going to win games. And when you're tanking and trying to rebuild, you know, a game manager is the perfect quarterback to have because he's not going to have the right pieces around him and he's going to fucking yeah. suck. You know, if Fields is there, take yeah, Justin Fields. Yeah. If the I super soaker Zach Wilson is there, take Zach Wilson. Otherwise, <laughs> I'm not opposed to Devonta Smith or Jalen Waddle or Kyle Pitts or Sewell, you know, like. Or Shakur Brown. Or, yeah. <laughs> Shakur Jack, Brown. Shakespeare. Aaron Henry, Aaron Henry, maybe, or um, I'm I'm using this as a gauge of like the front office to see if the Lions because the Lions have been fleecing, they fleeced LA, so I'm using this as a if they, that's been. <laughs> I mean, but, they didn't they didn't fleece LA if LA wins a Super Bowl. Like, if you win a Super fair. Bowl, you never get fleeced. But I would, I would did, take an NFC Championship, honestly. I'm just saying is that if they if um. If, when people have asked me about the Lions, I just say it's going to be the draft. If the draft is different where you don't have a moment where you go, what? When you see the Lions draft someone, if they just do something where everyone's like, wow, they really they won it. They, they did a really good moves, kind of like how the Pistons did for, for the draft this last year, I think. Um, I don't follow drafts that much, but, um, but yeah, uh, that's what I was waiting is just to see if the Lions did a competent job. And then I'm, then I can start being excited for the four-year rebuild that the Lions have in front of them. I mean, the the optics, the optics of taking a tight end with another top ten pick is <laughs> gonna. It's gonna be. Yeah. It's gonna look really bad. But yeah. I don't know, man. Like Kyle he's Pitts, a wide receiver. Yeah, I mean, he's like, he's only a tight end because like he's so he was so fucking big in high school. That's where they played him. You know, it was just like a consequence of his size. I mean, he's 6'6", 245. He runs really good routes. He's fast. He can catch at every level. He doesn't drop passes. You know, he's, he thrives in the red zone. There's not a whole lot to dislike about Pitts. It's just that not a lot of teams, like, they'll see that tight end label and they'll be like, I don't want to draft that this high, but depending on what team, like I think Miami would really benefit from it because they have a really good defense and they need to help their young quarterback and adding as many weapons and especially a good one like Kyle Pitts as a team that was just on the outside of the playoffs could use. So that's why I, I think Pitts to Miami is a great situation, but I have a bad feeling he's going to go up for. Mr. Land, what are your thoughts on Tua? I mean, have you seen enough? Like there are a lot of people in the Miami yeah. fan base who are ready to bail on Tua. Do you think it's too early? Like what do you like? What do you, what have you seen out of Tua so far? Like what are you, what's your opinion? Well, I I thought they brought him in too early, but uh, Fitzpatrick was playing very well at, at every game he went. You know, every game he played, 
And there was a couple games where they started Tua and then they pulled him and, and put Fitzpatrick in and they win. I mean, I just, when you spend that kind of money, you know, you want, you know, you want a return on your investment. And I think he just came in too early. I think, you know, now that he's had this off season and, you know, he's, he's getting, you know, he's getting into to practice again. I think he'll be a better quarterback, but I think he was just, I think they just brought him in too early. I don't, I don't think they, I think they should have left Fitz, let Fitz, Fitz, God, I can't talk. Let Fitzpatrick finish this season and then bring into a. Yeah, I mean, especially because the playbook was built around Fitzpatrick, right? Like that's that was the whole, you know, the playbook was built. You know, Flores brought an offensive coordinator out of retirement who could like specify plays to help Fitzpatrick succeed the most. And like now that now that they have someone in there who's going to open up the playbook a little more for Tua. You know, I think it's a little too early to go like, fuck it, to press the eject button on Tua. I know a lot of people, you know, are kind of antsy, especially after the Rosen thing. But I, I think, like, I don't think Rose, I don't think the Rosen thing is indicative of a trend. I think the Rosen thing was just kind of a weird confluence of circumstances where Arizona reached, they fired their coach, brought a new coach in. You know, they were in a position to take the best player available and they took him. Mm. So I don't, you know, a lot of people want to make like the Josh Rosen comparison with Tua and I just don't see it. No, I think, I I think he's got the talent. He just has to be developed. It's it's, a really good thing you guys didn't kick the tires under Sean Watson like the rumors were saying. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, right. (laughs) That was an interesting week where it was like the Dolphins might give the Texans their pick back, and it's like, oh, oh, boy. Yeah. (laughs) That would have been bad. I just had to say that because I remember, like, you know, when when the whole trade thing was going to happen with him, and now he's probably – he might not ever play again, so we'll see. Lucas, yeah, probably not. This is this is going to be a joke for you and only you. Uh, <laughs> two weeks from now, what if Deshaun posts a video of him in a Christmas sweater and he goes, "Let me be frank." Oh, you <laughs> thought I was done playing the NFL, <laughs> oh, Kevin? We're referencing the Kevin Spacey video. Yeah, that he, uh, where he's Frank Underwood. And he's like, "Oh, you thought I was gone, didn't you?" Just like a freaking pedophile, man. Um, no, but come back that didn't work. I haven't read up with the Rams. You know, I've just been dreaming of what the play, what the plays will look like with Stafford. Um, I just, I want them to develop some help for. They've been drafting really well. Like they got a really good, they got a couple good running backs. Um, I just want to see some defensive help. I think they could use some help in the secondary and, you know, maybe some help for the defensive line. Um, may, I don't know. I need to read up on it. I've been, I've been too busy. I do but. think the Rams need a second option in the front seven. I think, you know, yeah. especially like if Donald gets suspended for beating the shit out of that guy, he got off. He got off. Yeah, but that that doesn't mean the NFL is not going to suspend him. There, there's video that that shows him he didn't do it. Okay, 
Good. Like there, there was video where he was actually trying to, like, stop the situation. Good. Yeah. Regardless, I do think I do think they need a second option in the front seven for Donald because, um, I yeah, just, you're, I agree. If Donald isn't getting penetration, then I don't think the defensive line for the Rams does that much. No, they and and look at that Green Bay game. Yeah, like, Donald was hurt, but I don't think he would have impacted it much more if he were fully healthy. But like the Seattle game, he was he was really good until he got hurt. Um, but yeah, I, I was thinking defensive line and excuse me, and secondary help is what I want to see. But you know, I don't know how much draft capital they have left. <laughs> they don't, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, what you know, so it's gonna be a short draft for me. I'm just gonna read like five players and then move on. Someone like someone like Michael Parsons would be a perfect fit for LA. The problem is he's not going to be there when you pick, you know? So you're... I don't really want to do another trade. I think we're good on trades for a while. So just, just, just see what we got. And if McVay can get it going, going with Matt Stafford, then I think they're going to be in good shape because the NFC West is going to be, I think it's going to be a brutal division. I think, be the, be... I think it'll be the most competitive division in football this year. No doubt whoever wins that division, it's going to be like last year where it's like a game separates them. And it's going to be like the last second, last weekend. That's what it's going to be. It's going to be fun, but I hope the Rams run away with it, but there's no way I'm not going to count out Russell Wilson until he gets hurt or Pete Carroll just doesn't want to do anything with him anymore. Yeah. And I mean, even if, even if Cliff continues to come into his own as an NFL coach and Kyler continues to progress and, you and know. if Kyle Shanahan can get it going again. Right. And, you know, depending on what the – I mean, the big question mark, the, the major question mark league-wide for this draft, I think, is the 49ers. Because who knows who knows what the 49ers are going to get up to. I think they're – I think Shanahan's – Shanahan is giving all the signs of someone who's ready to bail on Jimmy Garoppolo. Absolutely. He might trade him Thursday night. So – Offers, right? Who knows? You know, the Niners are picking – what are the Niners picking? They're picking third. 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 <laughs> yeah. I mean, one of the, you know, there's Fields or Lance or Wilson or is going to be there. You know, one of those, one of those three, what are you going to do? You know, I will laugh so hard if they, if they troll a team again, like they did the bears where they just said they were going to draft Mitch Trubisky. And then afterwards, they were like, mm, no, we really weren't going to. <laughs> I really hope they do that to someone again. They do it to Chicago again. <laughs> we are taking Mac Jones, and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. You guys aren't fibbing this time, are you? No oh, fibbing. No, no, no. No, no way. Never. No way, man. <laughs> we wouldn't do that to you again. Come on. <laughs> Ryan. Come on, Ryan. <laughs> I'll watch. I'll watch the draft because I think some crazy shit's gonna go down. I'll watch the first round at least. I d- I will say I the for the first round. I love that they have the game day crew on on ESPN. The game day crew is really good, and especially now that like Corso is probably still gonna be in his bubble in Orlando at him. the pool. <laughs> I don't want him there because it's just like Tony. It's just almost dra- dragging around a dead body, like it's like uh, it's like, it's like at Bernie's with Lee Corso. I, it's like I in Mass Effect. It's it's like in Mass Effect, where like 
where like they wait for Corso to select a dialogue tree before they keep talking. <laughs> I'm not playing Mass Effect, but I'm I might do the remaster. So it's like a you know it's a game you know games with dialogue trees. I mean, yeah. you, you know <laughs> where they're just where they just like sit there and wait where you know they <laughs> they just. It's like an an open-ended question that you can just kind of Pokemon, where like the opponent waits for you to make your next move. You know, where it's like you're waiting to select Thunderbolt. They're just standing there, like. It's like uh, with with the game day guys being for the draft. It reminds me of Barkley and Gang calling or being the halftime analyst for college basketball games when he's clearly like, "Oh yeah, the um, uh, Juzine did really good out there today." Uh, he was a, he was the best player, and he could have scored like five points, and he could just say something like that. Lucas, that was actually a really good Barkley. That was a really was. good. I, uh, I was impressed. I, I've never heard you do that before. Like fifty three episodes in, and we're still learning things about each other. That's how that's how <laughs> romance really has stayed You guys are pretty deep. Yeah, it's been over a year. We didn't do a one year extravaganza, but it's been over a year. Listen, I'm a full-time student and I work full-time. Yeah. You know, I. Yeah, but I, that's just what reminds me of just Barkley just reading off that shit and they're just kind of going, yeah, these guys are pretty good. But the game day guys know what they're talking about because they're college, they're college football analysts who like watch college football. So like, that's why I like game day because they give a perspective of like, this is how they were as a college player. Plus I just can't stand Mel Kuyper. Oh. Carter, do your Mel Kuyper. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Todd, 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 Todd. Well, you know, you got to look at a lot of things. You look at Trey Lance, you look at what the Atlanta Falcons do. You look at the age of Matt Ryan. He's a little bit older now. So, you know, they got to look at this guy, and he has unimaginable talent. He is a generational talent. Todd, 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 Todd. <laughs> Oh. Oh, God, God, God. oh god we used to make him do that all the time <laughs> oh my god that was great <laughs> all right i think i think we can wrap it up here we're good yeah uh carter mr landis matt thanks for joining us it was a yeah, lot of fun always a pleasure as jeff Lowe says this was an absolute blast absolute blast uh, <laughs> fellas, until next time, go green. Follow your Wait. dreams. Go right. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for letting me join. No problem. See the future, crystal ball, mirror, mirror hanging on the wall. Who the flash white boy of the mall? Got your girlfriend screening all the calls. She bubbling, we fucking and you cuddling. Like baby, where the fuck you been? I wanna tell you she in love with him. So so we ain't saying nothing. You could probably tell she bluffing. Cause she kissed you with the mouth. She gave me head with my concussion. Yeah, she blushing, all red. Wanna rush and go to bed. You interrogate that bitch like you the fed. So she says she in love with a rock star, rock star. Wanna smoke my weed, so she asked me where the top saw, top saw. Oh, top draw.
John. Hey, these hoes is drunk. Wanna come and smoke this blunt? Then let me take them home and do anything I want. I said, baby, I can ride ya. Just let me get inside ya. I can take you higher if you hit this vapor.